You're listening to the Box Office Party. Welcome back to the Box Office Party, your weekly source of cinema's newest releases, box office estimates, trivia, and a whole lot of malarkey. My name is the Box Office Geek. I'm Hammy. And I'm Angel Geek. Two big new releases this weekend, one magical and one marky markical. Uh, but as always, let's kick off the show with Hammy's movie news. Hammy. All right, first up, it has to be Avengers stuff or Marvel stuff because whenever you look at screen rant news, 98% of it is Marvel stuff. But this one I found somewhat interesting. There are rumors swirling that Tom Cruise is going to be playing an alternate version of Iron Man in the new Doctor Strange movie. Uh, some people are happy about this. Some people are not. Uh, it doesn't seem to be confirmed in any capacity. But what do you guys think about that, Geek? Why, why would they not be happy about that? Who cares? It's not, he's not like replacing Robert Downey Jr. or anything. We don't, don't know. we don't know that. So uh, they've been trying to make the Iron Man movie long before uh, the John Favreau got his hands on it and, and basically created an entire universe. And Tom Cruise was the front runner to play Tony Stark for the longest time. So I think this is a fun little nod. I'm hoping it's like straight up like a cameo, like Tom Cruise tro- Tropic Thunder size cameo. That'd be fun. In fact, I'd rather see that character than him as Iron Man. Drew? Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's a nice play. Uh, the thing is, is like I think people are going to be upset if they do try to like replace Robert Downey Jr. Because they are getting into this, this line and area of, oh, we have so many multiverses with so many different people that are playing either themselves or someone else. And... Uh, it's going to be easy for them to just be like, oh, this person is definitely going to be replacing this person or we're going to have a completely new person doing this person even though that person had a demise or had to leave or do something. So I think they're towing the line, but, I mean, for a cameo, I don't think it hurts any. And Tom Cruise, you could do way worse than Tom Cruise, so I'd be happy to see Tom Cruise. At least he's a competent, fun actor that can actually do the role. I love Tom Cruise. I'm sick of people picking on him. Yeah, Tom Cruise is great. And I mean, in a lot of ways, he's still one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. So that's that's a big get, even if it's a, a small role uh, and a small guy. Uh, I, I'm fine with it. I'm not a big fan of multiverses in general, but like you obviously open the door for it with the three Spider-Men and it's going to happen now. And I think it's going to actually be a trend going forward because I think with the less, you know, less well-known Marvel IPs that are coming out now because they've gone through all the really recognizable ones. I think that will kind of help keep it, you know, keep the steam going as if they need any help. All right. Daniel Radcliffe, since we're talking about Harry Potter-ish stuff this week, he revealed that his three celebrity crushes are Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Juno Temple. Guys, how do you think Lucy Liu feels about this? He likes all the Charlie's Angels except for her. (laughs) Drew... Uh, I'm sure she's fine with it. I mean, if we remember what I said about him in Lost City uh, rundown, uh, he's not any any real person to look at uh, for himself. So, I mean, <laughs> let him do his own thing and let Lucy Liu uh, be Lucy Liu. I was actually really surprised about um, Cameron Diaz and Drew Barrymore. Juno Temple, I have I guess he's a Ted Lasso fan. So, congrats on that, Maybe. Dana Radcliffe. He, what's funny about these three is he clearly does not have a type. Like, these are very three very different... Uh, women in, in general. But yeah, um, if I was Lucy Lou, I would take that personally. I would be very upset. In fact, let's get her on the show. And... 
Yeah, I'm pretty Same offended shit. on her behalf. Lucy Liu is a birthday buddy of mine. We have the same birthday, so I, <laughs> I would pick her out of the three myself. But uh, I guess you can't account for taste. All right, so we mentioned on the show uh, about a month ago that Brie Larson was petitioning to join the Fast and the Furious franchise, and it looks like her petitioning slash whining uh, paid off because now she is supposed to be in Fast 10 in some capacity. Uh, and the question doesn't have anything to do with that. I just wanted to bring up Fast and the Furious. I was thinking about it. It's been 20 years now. We're entering the third decade of Fast and the Furious. Is this, like, the most unlikely movie franchise success story ever? Because I can't think of a better one. Like, think about when it came out, and Drew, you were a little bit younger at this point, but, like, geek. This was like, Fast and the Furious came out, it was like, oh, Vin Diesel's kind of hot right now, they got good-looking Paul Walker, and they got a bunch of fast cars and no script. And this thing is made like $200 billion or whatever it is. Yeah, I remember I saw it in theaters with my buddies. And I remember walking out saying, that was Point Break. That was Point Break with cars. It was like the exact same plot. And then uh, Fast, Too Fast, Two Figures came out. And I actually preferred that over the original because I thought it was just more fun. And then when Tokyo Drift was released, I didn't see it. I'm like, okay, so that if they're doing this and they don't even have any of the original cast members, this franchise is done. Yeah. And then it, it stopped being about it stopped being about like the racing and everything. It started being about family, <laughs> and and that's and now we are where we are. Anything to add, Drew? Yeah, I mean, when you brought this up or I saw it on the sheet, I decided to like look up like the highest grossing movie franchises. And so, Movie Web on February twenty twenty two of this year decided to put out like the top grossing at number one. Of course, the MCU at twenty five point five six billion dollars. Then you have Star Wars in second place at ten point three one billion. Then they have Spider Man, which I want to say is part of the MCU, but they have that up there with nine point two five at third place. Harry Potter nine point two, James Bond. Then Avengers at number six, which I just count into the MCU. I don't know why they have it different. Um, so, at, according to their list, Fast and Furious is seventh at six point six billion on a franchise that started about a, a cop going undercover to stop people from stealing DVD players. And now we're here <laughs> yeah. looking at the 10th movie in like 20 year franchise. And like, like Geek said, I don't think anybody could have pictured this after Too Fast, Too Furious, how not great that was. And then Tokyo Drift. I think people were writing it off. And then Fast Five, I think was the real, lack of a better term, ignition that really ignited like <laughs> everything to just jump off. And now it's like a superhero action, big Goliath uh, series instead of racing cars, which I mean, you're going downhill if you're sitting there racing cars only. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fast Five, you're right, is the catalyst there. Fast Five is actually a pretty solid movie, like oh, yeah. a genuinely good movie, I think. Uh, so props to it. Props to the whole franchise. I mean, popcorn movies have their place and it definitely didn't try to be more than that and good for it i just i i if you told me 20 years ago it was like uh when big bang theory th started i said this show's gonna go four episodes and get canceled <laughs> and it did not all right vanessa hudgens is in the news because she claims that she can speak with ghosts and has been able to since the age of eight and now i want to be clear clear here she can speak to ghosts and they speak back to her she's i guess anybody can speak to ghosts it doesn't matter if they speak back uh but what do you think about that why do you think that ghosts are so eager to talk to hudgy drew uh she's super uh they they she's super interesting 
they recently watched her new show on Hulu and want to ask her all the questions. And I almost my thought process when I saw this question was just so geek could do his Selena Gomez impersonation. And that's why you <laughs> wanted to ask this question. It's true. When she's like, well, you, you, you want me to do Selena Gomez? You want me to answer this as Selena Gomez? I or she's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why she talks to ghosts, but if I ever saw a ghost, I would 23 skip. <laughs> That's what she sounds like. I call shenanigans. Honestly, okay, so if you can speak to ghosts, you can, like, are, are they compliant? Like, 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 will they say, hey, can you go, can you go spy on this person for me? And they're like, okay, I'm a ghost. I'm going to go do that. And then they go, and they come back, like, this is what they did. I, 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 you can, you can, you can save the world. You, like, send a ghost over to Putin. Find out what he's up to. Instead of just, you know, feuding with Selena. Is she feuding with Selena Gomez? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's shenanigans. I don't believe it Maybe this is why um, she hasn't been on the internet in like four years. Is because she's just been talking to ghosts and she finds it more interesting. This is the, she's, that's her, right? That In the previous news? Yeah. Okay. My my answer to the question was gonna was gonna simply be that they're they're attracted to her because they see a lot of themselves in her career because they're both dead and uh, (laughs) just kidding she's actually found a little you know niche there and and carve out a role in the kind of hallmark genre but uh she hasn't done as much maybe they just want to meet zach efron that's probably what they actually want to do they're trying to find a way there all right last up even more substantial news here than the ghost ben affleck and jennifer lopez are engaged again do you think they make it to the altar this time and do we get another benefer movie and will it be as good as Geely? You know, I I I'd love like a, a like a super meta make it make us a Jiggly sequel. A Jiggly totally do it. Take it completely seriously <laughs> and Jiggly just Puff. see what people think. And uh, the kid that played what is it, Doug from The Hangover, who was oh yeah, the, Justin the Bartha. Guy. Yeah, don't invite him back because I don't <laughs> want him playing that role again. But yeah, get Jiggly too. And oh. Gosh darn it! You gotta call it getting jiggly with it. <laughs> that's oh, that's good. It can have Will Smith stuff in there too. Very topical. Drew, Drew, do you think they're gonna make it to the altar? You're more in like celebrity gossip style things. I mean, than geek is. I do. I mean, maybe they, uh, maybe they both uh, matured and now have been able to like get on the same level in their relationship and mentality and stuff. So yeah, I mean, Jennifer was just at the altar, right, with Alex, Alex. Yeah, with A-Rod. several people every other year. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's do it. Let's. I mean, she just married a white guy in uh, in Marry Me, so maybe that got her into the mood and wants to marry a uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually an omen for things. To come. <laughs> I I'm looking forward to it. It doesn't matter because as geek knows, the best celebrity couple of all time is Freddie Prince and Sarah Michelle Geller, and they'll never catch them. News is over. All right, let us recap the weekend. If we hadn't said it over and over again then you're not listening because family films are very dependable at the box office right now as Sonic 2 rings up an impressive $72 million (laughs) opening weekend performing way above even our most generous estimates. And good for Sonic. We love when movies overperform over here, unless it's a movie we don't like. That Jim Carrey retirement bump really came in handy. Again, (laughs) $72 million. And speaking of numbers in the 70s, Morbius dropped a brutal 74%. It almost dropped as much percentage-wise as Sonic made. 
it's Morbius only brought in ten point two million dollars in its second weekend. That is worse than the his, uh, the infamous Batman versus Superman second weekend drop of sixty nine percent. Immature giggle. I, I expect the Morbius theater count to get gutted pretty soon. Like they yeah. don't want anything to do with this movie. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. Studios just don't make bad movies. Okay. Um, our friends over in the Lost City did well, though, in third place, only dropping 39% and actually almost was in second place. It only made about a million dollars less than Morbius. Hammy was right about Ambu, Los Angeles. <laughs> well, I was dead wrong. I, I, I thought it was a decent adult counter-programming to Sonic, and I thought $10 million was the floor, but adults also like Sonic. So the Michael Bay film was only able to resuscitate a little short of $8.7 million. The Batman's Vengeance still holds strong as it's about to be released on HBO Max and made another $6.4 million with a 41% drop. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once made a very respectable $6 million this past weekend. That's about where I had That's it. That's great. Uh, already clearing the entire domestic run of Swiss Army Man. And one final report on two recent box office champions. For the first time in its entire run, Spidey did not clear a million over the weekend. Uh, unofficially bringing its run to an end. It made a little over 600k. And then Sing 2, our heroes, cleared one more weekend of $225,000. Thanks to these two cinematic giants for keeping the box office healthy through quarter one. We salute you. We retire you. Thank you so much. All right, time for Guess the Budget. We're going to do two this time. Guess the Budget for, for uh, respectively each Swiss Army Man. And everything everywhere. Oh, Swiss Army Man, thirty million, and everything everything fifty. I'm gonna go with thirty five for everything everything, and I'm gonna go with fifteen million for Swiss Army Man. Oh, everything costs twenty five million to make. Wow, I really hope it makes it back. Swiss Army Man cost three million dollars. Wow, holy cow! That was for paying Paul Dano, Daniel Radcliffe, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That was one million. The remaining $2 million was the sound effects for the fart noises. <laughs> this week's box office discussion, we've already seen two films this year based on video games, Uncharted and now Sonic 2. Movies like Sonic and Detective Pikachu seem to have finally broken the curse of video game movies by being fun, intelligent, and hitting multiple quadrants. If you had asked me years ago, I would have said if they ever made an Uncharted film, it would be the best video game movie of all time. And yet, here we are. So... Guys, what video game movie do you finally want to see? Uh, we already got Mario Brothers coming out this December, unless it gets pushed back, which it might. Uh, it can be something that hasn't been done yet, or you can, let's say, for example, you want a real, you finally want an actually good Resident Evil movie. Drew, what video game movie do you finally want? Um, I think I want finally a Qbert video game, and just be <laughs> all about. Maybe it's just the Sonic movie, but with Qbert instead of Sonic. And see how James Marsden does with that. <laughs> it's all on his shoulders. <laughs> I want to mash up. Uh, I want Fast and the Furious 11 to just be Mario Kart. It's uh, Vin Diesel <laughs> is fun. Donkey Kong. There are a lot of good video games that would make good movies, I think. I think you can make like a decent like Zelda movie and a decent um, yeah. like a Fallout movie or any of those like you know massive uh, RPG games I think would work. Tetris would be pretty fun. To watch. I could just sit there and watch somebody play Tetris, honestly. Probably Armageddon 2, Tetris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zelda would be great. Make Keep it CGI. Don't do it live action. And let Peter Jackson direct it. Or Guillermo del Toro. That'd be great. 
have you guys ever seen the trailer for the 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 Pac-Man movie no. from about like 15 years ago? It's a live it's a fan-made live action silly thing and he he's like uh he wears an all yellow suit kind of like in Kill Bill yeah. and he's got a, and he's like going throughout the city killing ghosts and they're like drawn terribly and this one cop and it's the best part of the trailer he's like on the horn with his she was like I don't know chief it was some kind of man some sort of Pac-Man <laughs> Oh I do remember that yeah. now yeah I do remember that <laughs> Some of the best things ever I want that movie and I want that guy to be like the main character All right Drew What do we got? All right. The biggest release coming out this Easter weekend is a new addition to the Harry Potter franchise with the third installment to the Fantastic Beast series called The Secrets of Dumbledore. Grindelwald is at it again with some dark wizarding shenanigans where Dumbledore takes it upon his handsome self to take him down. But Dumbledore can't do it alone and he makes his wizard A-team to save the world. Fantastic Beast 3 stars Jude Law. Eddie Redmayne, and Mads Mikkelsen. Just to name a few, the movie was directed by David Yates, who directed the previous two Fantastic Beasts movie, four Harry Potter movies, The Phoenix, Harry, uh, The Half-Blood Prince, and both Deathly Hallows, as well as The Legend of Tarzan. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore is PG-13. It's a hair under two and a half hours, and The Numbers has it premiering in around 4,100 theaters this weekend. When taking a look at comps, we can take a look at the previous two Fantastic Beasts movie. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them got $74 million in just over 4,100 theaters in November of 2016. And The Crimes of Grindelwald got $62 million in just over 4,100 theaters in November of 2018. Now, this movie was originally set to release November of 2021, but was pushed back as Warner Brothers went into production to recast the role of Grindelwald, who was once portrayed by Johnny Depp. But because of his legal issues back in 2018, he was forced to resign from the role where now it is held by Mads Mikkelsen. Also, there was some like pandemic COVID positive uh, that happened within that production as well. So that really pushed things back as well. The critics have been iffy with the Fantastic B series so far, giving the first movie a 74 percent. The following movie, Crimes of Grindelwald, got an abysmal 36 percent. And now we see The Secrets of Dumbledore hold a 58 percent so far. Checking in last week's long-range forecast report from Box Office Pro, they had this movie get an 8% bump, meaning it's trending more up as they have Dumbledore uh, having an opening weekend between 48 to 58 million, which is a good deal lower than the previous two installments. Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore has released internationally already, where it's made over 55 million in 15 countries and 22 markets. Let's take a look at the top three territories from the previous two movies and then compare how Dumbledore's uh, secrets are doing. Uh, where to find them? In China, it made over 40 million, UK nearly 19 million, and Japan 15.5 million. Crimes of Grindelwald, China made 36.7 million, UK 15.8, and Japan and Germany tied with 13 million. And right now, the secrets of Dumbledore. In China, it made 9.8 million. Germany, 9.2 million, and Japan at 8.6 million. In Germany, this was the third biggest pandemic opening, but lower for the Wizarding World uh, series in general, and the UK came in fourth place with 7.7 .7 million. And a lot of people are looking at that number, and they're pretty concerned about where the franchise sits if the home team of the UK crowd isn't really caring about this movie at all. Uh, many fans and moviegoers who have seen Fantastic Beasts The Secrets of Dumbledore have said it's better than Crimes of Grindelwald, but that is a low bar to cross. Others who have yet to see it 
uh, I've heard are nervous about this film and talked about waiting to see uh, maybe when it comes out to HBO Max, maybe they're waiting for their friends to go see it in the first weekend and then they'll maybe go see it later on or they'll just wait for it on HBO Max. When we boil it down, Fantastic Beasts 3 is releasing at a different time of year than the other two, releasing after a disappointing second movie, stars have changed, which could be either good or a bad thing, and with being on a holiday weekend starting on Good Friday to Easter Sunday, we could see a dip in Sunday's numbers or throughout the weekend. I have Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore making around $43.5 million, which is about a 30% decrease from Crimes of Grindelwald's opening. But what do you guys think? Will people think this movie brings the magic back to the Wizarding world? Or will they say it's dumb and snore? <laughs> well, before we get started here, I want to say one thing. And I think that the Fantastic Beasts franchise has got a little bit of an undeserved bad rap. Um, I thought the first one was just fine. I thought it was like, okay. I thought it was like decent enough. I just watched the second one today. And though it was certainly worse, I didn't think it was like, I thought it was watchable. I didn't think it was like the worst movie I've ever seen, like a lot of people said. It wasn't great. There were some plot holes, blah, 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 blah. Um, anyway, I don't think it's that bad. In, uh, regardless, this movie has like some stank on it. Like whether it earned it or not, there's there's a bad feel around it. Uh, part of that is because you know people didn't like it. Part of that I think is because of sequelitis and franchise fatigue, uh, you know, it's gotten political in several different ways. And, uh, uh, that kind of has, you know, the milieu just not feeling right. It feels a lot like dark Phoenix to me, which is not a movie that you want to feel like if you want to make money, uh, as far as like, you know, a later movie in a franchise that used to be really good, uh, that people are just tired of seeing. I, I think it can clear 40, which isn't saying a ton. I think, I think it's going to have a very similar molt to uh, what came out just a couple weeks ago, uh, Morbius. I think it's going to have about a seven molt. So if it doesn't make like six million in previews, I th I think it might drop below 40, which would be probably a disaster and might be the last movie in the series. I think we talked about it earlier. The The next, the series is dependent on how this movie does. They haven't greenlit a fourth one yet, even though it's like, like all written and ready to go. Um I do think it'll help if it's a little bit better, uh, especially if it's closer to the first one. It might be able to to leg out, you know, a hundred million or something domestically. I I just don't have a lot of faith in it. I, it just doesn't feel good. Uh, I have it at forty point five right now, and I would love to be wrong because I like Harry Potter a lot, and I'm always up for more, you know, Harry Potter movies. Even though it took me five years to see the last one, um, I hope it does well. I I'm not optimistic. The problem with these movies is the characters are boring and they friggin' shouldn't be. We're literally talking about wizards and magic. And I know the Harry Potter film series had the built in notoriety of the books supporting them. But even if you hadn't read the books, which many people had not and saw the movies, the majority of people can name the three main wizards by the time the third movie was about to be released. I mean, one was a freebie because his, his name was in the friggin' title, but I'd be willing to bet most people can't name the hero of this film and possibly the only character they can name is in the title of this film. They're not fully developed, nor are they properly introduced or reintroduced in each entry. During the second film, which you just watched today, Hemi, I, I recall a character appearing on screen early in the film, much to the surprise of Newt. And, and he said, what are you doing here? Yeah. And I leaned, I leaned over to Jen and I asked, are we supposed to know who that is? Because <laughs> so much time had been passed between the first and second film. I didn't care about that character. Now, 
yes, many people have written off JK recently and have no interest in the movie because of her. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on Facebook. And I've asked many of my students if they're going to see this movie. And they've almost all said, no, screw JK. Unless they were talking about Simmons. I don't know. But (laughs) combined controversy surrounding JK Rowling and basically that this franchise has just been not great. I'm being a little bit more generous mainly cuz Sonic had such a great opening weekend. I just I I I, I and I'm going to regret this. I have it at 45 because I, I just think the box office is back and I think something like this, a tentpole franchise like this, I I, I want to hope it can do at least 45. And I personally I'm going to see it probably on HBO Max, but I would like to see this story completed. Yeah, me too. And just to add to the I don't think in and of itself the whole J.K. Rowling thing is going to amount to a lot. I know we kind of disagree on that a little bit. I think you think it's more of an impact. But when you add in the Johnny Depp thing and the whole like gay storyline and how that's getting you know censored in some parts of the world and stuff, it is. I think it's too much to ignore together um, as a whole. You're right. Jacob Kowalski, Dan Fogler in the first was the best part of the first movie. He didn't have as good of a role or as big of a role in the second movie. That's, I think, who you were talking about. Uh, maybe they can bring him back into the forefront uh, and help out this this next one a little bit. I thought he was the standout character. Oh, I was talking about like a like a character from the Ministry of, of Magic, like oh, when yeah. they were at that. Me- okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and you know what? Nothing against Mads. He's cool, but like you had somebody, you had Colin Farrell. In the first movie. Yeah. And I'll take Colin Farrell any day of the week. Just bring him back. Then I, I'd have tickets. If my good friend Colin Farrell was in this movie, I'd have tickets in my head right now. They didn't do it. <laughs> but yeah, there, this right. movie it, is set to be five, and they signed off on five. But yeah, they're holding off on the next two to see how this one does. And I just, somebody, um, I'm, I was, I'm playing in a Discord org right now and somebody went to go see it and I was like, how was it? And they're like, the ending was weird for a trilogy. It kind of like left off on a cliffhanger. And I was like, it's the third movie of five. And they're like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. And I was like, it could be the ending of the franchise. You never know. <laughs> I bet they're wishing they didn't, well, I guess it's been long enough for spoilers, nothing better. I bet they're wishing they didn't kill Zoe Kravitz in the last one. Because she yeah. her star is bigger right now, and that could have helped. Oh yeah, bit. and if they would have brought in her and Colin Farrell, guess what? That's a Batman, uh, the Batman reunion. <laughs> and Robert Pattinson can play Cedric. It might as well just mix it together. It'll something oh, will yeah, stick. Yeah, that's right. Let's do it. <laughs> Instead of the Batman, it's the Dumbledore. Anyways, <laughs> and Paul Dano comes in from Swiss Army Man. <laughs> ah, full circle. All right, the final new wide release this weekend takes us to church with Father Stu, a former (laughs) boxer slash roughhousian type, gets into a motorcycle accident where he makes a life-changing decision to become a Catholic priest, and the whole movie is him going through that process and his family coming to terms with it, as well as going through a degenerative muscle disease. This is based on the true story of Stuart Long, uh, Father Stu... Stars Mark Wahlberg, Mel Gibson, Jackie Weaver, and Teresa Ruiz, just to name a few. This is a Rosalind Ross directorial debut. Father Stew is rated R over two hours long, and the numbers has this movie releasing in 2,500 theaters. This is a weird film to come up with comps for, as this is sort of the only Easter Bible movie to go to this weekend, but it's not the let's take the family to see this after Sunday church. 
as, say, a breakthrough or an I Can Only Imagine or God's Not Dead, as those movies were at worst PG, as this is a rated R film. Father Stu has taken some hits on Box Office Pro's long-range forecast. It dropped 14% and then another 8% last weekend, where they have it uh, making between 3 to $7 million. But a really strong way to see how well this movie will do this weekend is seeing how it's doing in the theaters so far as this movie releases Wednesday, April 13th. Check out the dailies for it as we move towards the weekend to get better insight. But at the moment, I have this in between God's Not Dead 3 and Redeeming Love's PTA. And it's I have it coming in around like a a four point eight five million dollars this weekend. But I'm. I mean, I almost might just drop it lower. Um, I originally had it lower, but I kind of went up to 4.8. Uh, but what do you guys think? Will Father Stu be getting some good collections from the offering baskets, or will the totals be so low they'll be brought to their knees for prayer? Now, I hadn't seen much advertising for this until like specifically this past week, which surprised me considering the star power behind the film. But I'm, I'm going to do one of my you know trademark pivots, and I'm going to complain about the advertising again. I've seen the TV spot for, for Father Stu, and the song they use in the, in the TV spot is The Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash. Are, are they not aware that song is about the end of the world? I mean, like, I, I know it has biblical references in it, but, like, uh, that's not the, the song I think you're, you want to use. Uh, I assume this movie is supposed to be inspiring, Am I wrong? I don't know. I, maybe they were going for like an edgier approach, which is cool. That's fine because it's, you know, it's Mark and Mel. But it's like, it's like they were in a meeting. They're like, okay, we either had the song by Johnny Cash or Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. <laughs> uh, Easter weekend. Yeah. Uh, typical, I, I, ideal, typical release spot for this film. But you're right. It is not, it doesn't appear to be as like a family gathering film like the ones that you mentioned or like the, the kind of film more typically uh, used to seeing on, on Easter weekend. Um, and also the older crowd demographic has been the most reluctant to return to theaters. And I hope we are past that. Um, so maybe this will kick the doors open for them. Uh, I think I'm a bit above you guys. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm relying on the star power of Mark and Mel to bring it to a 5.25 opening or weekend. I don't know. Simply put, I don't know. This is, this is weird. It's a weird movie. It's a weird genre. It's a weird, uh, release strategy Wednesday, you know, opening today. At least we'll see what it's got going into the weekend. I originally slapped like a two and a half on this because I just thought it was a no go. Mark Wahlberg does have a, um, you know, a history of being able to bank a little bit, even when his movies aren't that great. I ended up slapping five on it just because I didn't know and because I'm giving Mark Wahlberg the benefit of the doubt. I wouldn't be surprised if it went really low. I would be surprised if it went high. Like if it went anywhere near 10 million, I could be totally wrong, but it, it just doesn't feel like it's yet. Yeah, I don't know who the audience is for this movie. And uh, the ad- advertising hasn't been super aggressive until very recently. Um, I do think that it's okay to play the Johnny Cash song, though, because it's a good song and people like it. So good move there, even if it didn't fit the theme. I will say that we could be in a like a redeeming love type situation where we might not be seeing the advertisement, but it might be going towards a specific demographic, uh, hitting like Joy FM's around the country and everything, trying to yeah, get but, like people to go see it. But this is a different scenario where it's not strictly a Bible-based story and it's rated R. Whereas Redeeming Love, I think 
PG-13, but it wasn't like anything obscene like what this movie could be okay. getting to. Let me clarify. I do think there's an audience. I think it's very niche and very like agreed. It niche compared to Redeeming Love, which is already fairly niche. So I, I don't know. Okay. I whatever. I I don't have anything against it. Hopefully it it does well, but I'd actually be surprised if it gets gets more than like six. Yeah, yeah. I, I think six is the absolute ceiling. You know what time it is? Party. It's party time. Okay, fantastic beats. I'm going to give you an actor. You tell me in which movie they appeared with magic in the title. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins. Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming. <laughs> I just said Anthony Hopkins. Wait. I, I mean, you technically said it. Magic. Right? Magic. This is ma- the one about the ventral uh, I don't remember that at all. Sandra Bullock. Practical Magic. Shannon Tatum. Magic Mike. XXL. Evan Rachel Wood. Uh, <laughs> it's animated. I think it was that George Lucas animated movie that was released a couple of years ago. The Magic in You. Strange Magic. Oh, yeah. I remember that now. All right. There are nine films already released in the Wizarding World franchise. Rank them in order of domestic box office gross from highest to lowest. Uh, lowest is, <laughs> is Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, is the highest Deathly Hallows 2? Yes. Yeah. And then Deathly so Hallows So you're right. One. You get the sandwich right. You get the bread right. At, at what point does it get out of order here, Drew? I don't know. I don't know. You said Phoenix was bad, right? So maybe that that one's going to be in the middle somewhere? I don't I Phoenix... I, I know the order... The books goes... It would go Prince, Phoenix, uh, Goblet, Azkaban, Chamber, and Sorcerer's Stone. I'm just going to say Order of the Phoenix makes more than Half-Blood Prince. I don't know. And then other than that, it's in order. Wrong. Okay. Oh, maybe Goblet made the next most. Maybe it's just an order. Uh, okay, so highest great grossing is Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yeah. Right. Then Sorcerer's Stone at $317 million. Oh. Wow. Then Half-Blood at 302 Then Deathly Hallows Part 1 at 296 Oh, okay. Goblet, 290 Uh, And then um, Chamber of Secrets, 262 Prisoner of Azkaban, 249 And then, yeah, now then we're getting down to the bottom. Uh, where to find them, 234, Crimes of Grindelwald, 159. Okay. Wow, that's shocking. I'll give you two fantastic movies. You tell me which has a higher rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Secrets of Dumbledore versus Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. What is Secrets of Dumbledore at, Drew? Uh, 58. 58. Um, I'm going to say Silver say- Surfer's higher. Yeah, same. Uh, it's at 37%. Oh, dang it. Oh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them versus Fantastic Beasts and the Crime of Grindelwald. Uh, we actually said this out loud earlier. Yeah, crimes so. is way lower. Yeah, yep. way lower. Fantastic Four versus Fantastic Fantastic Four. It's gotta be, right? Yeah, uh, that had 28%. Fantastic had a 9%. <laughs> really bad both. <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox versus Captain Fantastic. Those are both really high. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I think Captain Fantastic is higher. I would say slightly higher, too, also. Cats of Fantastic has an 83%. Oh. Fantastic Mr. Fox has 93%. Ooh, I thought Captain I Fantastic, Fantastic was Mr. in Fox. the 90s. Dang. I did, too. It took place in modern modern day. I'll give you a Fantastic <laughs> Beast cast member. You give me their highest-grossing non-Wizarding World film. Eddie Redmayne. Uh, everything? His Theory of Everything? Theory of Everything? No. Wait, what was he in? Uh, oh, oh uh, he was in um, Les Mis. Yes, that's correct. Oh, yeah. Jude Law. The holiday. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's correct. Ezra Miller. Justice League. Nope. The Flash. They had a... No, it's not out yet. The new one. Whatever the new... I don't know. Something where he's the Flash. 
They were the Flash in this movie. Uh, the, Batman the v Superman. Wonder Woman. It was a quick cameo in Suicide Squad. Oh. Oh. And then Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. James, last round. Casino Royale? No, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. Nope. Not Casino Royale or Doctor Strange? Oh, wow. Is he uh, the second Quantum, not Quantum Solace. Yeah. Is it James Bond? Nope. There's an, it's, it's another big franchise. Uh, another round. <laughs> another round cinematic universe. It was a spinoff film. Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One is correct. Oh, nice. All right, Father Stu, what is Mark Wahlberg's highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes? Not Father Stu. <laughs> the, the Fighter? Nope. The... Daddy's Home One. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the um, Instant Family. <laughs> I, I, Man, I don't know. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Marky Mark and your funky butt. Oh, uh, Boogie Nights. No, it was released around that time, though. Fear. <laughs> Not fear. <laughs> Definitely not fear. <laughs> I don't know. Three Kings. Oh, that's oh, right. I yeah. always forget Three Kings. Yeah, that's becoming a thing yeah. with us. Uh, what is Mel's highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes as an actor? Braveheart? Um, nope. Lethal Daddy's Weapon Home 2. 2. No. It's a family film. Daddy's Home 2. It's animated. Chicken Stop Run. guessing Chicken Daddy's Run. Home 2. Yeah, it is Chicken Run. <laughs> yeah. How many of Mark's movies have grossed over $100 million? Seven. Domestically. <laughs> Seven. Teen. True, do you got to guess? Nine. Twelve. Wow. How many of Mel's have grossed over $100 million domestically? Three. Uh, I know Passion of the Christ did. I could go Father's do. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just say one, even though it's probably one. It's 11. 11, okay. Wow. Hey. How many of Mark's movies as an actor have been certified fresh? Oof. Four. <laughs> I'm going to say... One for each brother. I'm going to say t- uh, 10. 10. That's, it, it is 10. Nice. Good job, Drew. How many of Mel's movies as an actor have been certified fresh? 27. 13. 14. Close. Wow. I'll give you a father and son team. You tell me in which movie they appear together. Will and Jaden Smith. After Earth. After Earth. Yeah. Ben and Jerry Stiller. Uh, Zoolander. Zoolander? Yes. Good job. Kirk, Michael, and Cameron Douglas. S- Spartacus 2. <laughs> um, the game. I don't know. I completely forgot this movie existed. It runs in the family. What is it called? It runs in the family. Oh, that's a good title. Clint and Scott Eastwood. Suicide Squad. (laughs) Um, The one, the mule. He may have. uh, Scott appeared in Gran Torino, and he was also in Trouble with the Curve. (laughs) Brendan and Dom Hall Gleason. Where are they both in? Not Star Wars. I should know this. Dang it! We come full circle. Harry Potter and yeah, Harry Potter. Yep, Harry Potter. the, the, The Goblet of Fire. Lloyd and Jeff Bridges. The True Grit? Grand Lebowski. No, Blown Away. Uh, yeah. Martin and Charlie Sheen. Wall Street. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. okay. And also Hot Shots Part 2, where uh, they yeah. actually they parody that moment. Um, final question. Who has the higher domestic box office average? Mel or Mark? Mark. I would think Mark thinks to like Transformers. It is Mark. Mark's average is 66 million. Mel's average is 58 million. Not too far behind. Party time over. And those are both really healthy. All right. So let's give our estimates for the weekend. I have Fantastic Beasts at 45 million. Sonic 2, I have it holding 42% for 41 million. I'm being pretty generous there. I got a 20% hold on Everything Everywhere with 4.8 million. I'm going to hopefully contribute to that this weekend. Lost City, 
I got some faith. Uh, I, I, decent hold, 45%, 4.9 million. And then I have Father Stew making 5.25 million. Drew, what do you got? Uh, at the number one spot, I have Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore getting around 43.5 mil. Coming in second place, Sonic 2 with 37.6, almost 37.7 mil. And then I heard that everything everywhere all at once is supposed to get an expansion. I don't know how big of oh. an expansion this weekend. I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, so I'm, I have it at a tentative 7 mil or close to a 7 mil right now. Um, but if it gets more than like 1,500 theaters, then it could go a little bit higher, but... At this moment, I have it at around 7 mil with a 15% increase. Then The Lost City with a 42% drop at 5.24 million. And then Father Stew, I have it tentatively at fifth place with 4.85. But I'm tempted to go lower depending on the dailies that we get from Wednesday to Friday. And then at the bottom, if Father Stew gets really low, I have everything on the near Ambulance, Morbius, and the Batman kind of all mixed up together. That's like within... Between 3.75 and then 3.65. I just have it all just melded in there. So if Father Stew gets really low, those four movies are just going to congeal into one, and I just don't know who would come out on top at that point. Amy? Yeah, Fantastic Beast at 40.5 and dropping. Uh, again, I'll slap a 7 multiplier on whatever it gets on Thursday, and we'll see from there. I have Sonic 2 at 38. It's very possible Sonic 2 is the number one movie this weekend again, which would probably be the end of the Harry Potter movie <laughs> universe. Uh, everything, everything. I put it at seven and a half. Uh, like Drew said, it all depends on the expansion. I, I think it's getting one. I don't know how big. Uh, word of mouth is fantastic, and the six million from last week is a great sign. So that might be a little optimistic, but seven and a half for right now. I have Lost City at 5.1 and Father Stew at five. Again, I, I should just go lower on that. I think it's going to be lower. I just don't know enough to... Uh, same thing, Elton. I'm exactly with Drew. Ambulance, Morbius, and the Batman are all right there around four. Uh, I would probably pick Morbius out of those just because of reasons? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have Morbius. If, if Father Stew falls, I have Morbius fifth. But that is uh, treading dangerously right there. All right. Real quick, hot off the presses, Box Office Pro has their estimates um, out right now. And I just want to go okay. over them real quick. Uh, for Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, they have it at number one, getting 44.1 million this weekend in 4,100 theaters, around that. Okay. Sonic 2, they have it dropping 50%, getting $36 million. I think that's and then you have Everything, smart. Everywhere, All at Once in third place, dropping only 6%, or going up 6%, with $6.4 million. So that's in okay. third place. And then you have Father Stew in fourth place, getting a whopping $6.2 million. And then The Lost City in fifth place, dropping 36% getting 58 million and then surprisingly <laughs> Morbius Morbius they have it only dropping 51% getting 5 million ambulance dropping 48% getting 45 million or 4500 4.5 million and then the Batman getting 4.1 million uh, and they have that coming in 2500 theaters like they're they think the Batman's really dropping, but only 36% drop for Batman, but they have it coming in 4.1. So they don't even have the bottom that close at all, but they have Father Stew coming over, well over uh, the Lost City. I think that back half's a little high if Harry Potter makes that much. If Harry, if, if, if Fantastic Beasts gets like in the 30s, maybe, but uh, I don't know if both can be true, but maybe Father Stew has more in it than we think. I'd rather see Sonic than 
fantastic beast. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm probably going to wait for HBO Max. Speaking of HBO Max, uh, Weekend Watch List. We're finally getting caught up on Miracle Workers because they're on. it's on HBO Max, and I love that show. It is so silly. Speaking of Daniel Radcliffe, yeah, he's in it. My good friend C. Buscemi's in it. Um, we're, we're finally getting caught up on that. We finally finished Severance. I highly recommend you giving that a try. And there was something else that was being really... Uh, another show I wanted to watch. But Drew, what are you watching? Uh, you just mentioned it. I'm going to try to t- uh, watch Severance. Um, I've been meaning to watch it. Now the whole series is out on Apple TV+. And I'm thinking about getting rid of my Apple TV+. Plus. So, I mean, I should watch it before it's gone. Uh, but yeah, I definitely want to watch that. And then The Batman is coming to HBO Max on 418 this coming Monday. So um, I'm going to try to give that a watch probably in parts and uh, see how well I like it. If I hold my uh, B plus rating that I gave it earlier after one screening um, and we'll see if it holds on onto that. Also, if anybody's looking for anything to watch, I highly recommend Everything Everywhere All at Once. I just saw it yesterday and it is fantastic. Uh, just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'm going to be watching Batman when it comes out, and I never actually got around to seeing Spider-Man. I know I kept saying I was going to, and I never did, but now it's finally available for rent, so I think I will finally watch that. Hopefully it's better than Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Hammy, where can people find out about all of our crimes? Uh, police blotter, I guess? Internet police blotter? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at box office party and on instagram at box.office.party and if you like the show make sure to tell a friend spread the word that helps us out that helps us grow and we appreciate it uh, i am on twitter at dhammock404 you can follow me on twitter at geek box office and i'm at drew angelman on all social media and really quick i just want to say i'm personally pretty sad about the passing of gilbert godfrey i was actually that is sad. that yeah the comedian's right now are uh, somebody just make sure Dennis Leary is okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and we'll see you at the movies. Bye.